0: In parentheses, Dustin. Welcome to Nerds Geeks in the Kitchen Sink, the podcast about comics, games, sci-fi, horror, pop culture, music, movies, and a few surprises. I'm your host, DK. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm Come Chris. On. Come
1: on. You're I didn't DK. even interrupt you, you're you're coming at me already with I, this. I,
0: I, yeah. So. Okay, I'm Chris. <laughs> but you said you were. And DK. I'm still waiting.
1: Oh, improve if you feel like it. Okay, thank you. This is already bad. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) Hey, listen, everybody. We've got, and I'm serious about this, you listen up, good listener, an insane guest. And we're
0: wagging our fingers at you while we're saying this. Like Harrison Ford pointing at you. Uh, Get off my damn plane. Yeah. You could use a good guest. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you can use a good guest <laughs>
1: Oh boy, well we have Dylan uh, from the Nightgate Journal podcast Yes
2: And oh. from other things And many uh, other Many, many, many other. other things How are you doing, Dylan? You know, I'm doing really great This is kind of crazy for me because I'm a fan of your show And so I feel like I'm sitting here listening to an episode Oh, so then- you're that one yeah, I'm. I, I, I love it. It's great. I've I've got a you know a whole bunch of different AKAs I'm using to write some reviews, but uh, awesome. But no, awesome. but I love <laughs> I love it. No, but, but seriously, so like whenever there's a period of silence, it's almost like I'm on stage. Like, oh wait, that's my line. Oh wait, I'm actually <laughs> doing this. So thank yeah. you all. Thank you all so much for having me. No, we're excited.
0: Weird. We were, We've been talking about this for a while to get you on. So yeah, okay. we are definitely excited. You're uh, the Nightgate. Uh, podcast has been one of my favorite here recently oh, so and Thanks. uh truly I know truly, I know Dustin and I both have re- re-listened to it so oh, yeah We're two it was very
1: big for me it came at the right time it was just the right thing at the right time so right. we've talked about it before but like let's just get it out of the way yeah. Nightgate is such a good Podcast. is such a good.
2: It's like a horror. Like, do you want to describe it, Dylan? You sure, could. You yeah, you might sure. know something about it. So <laughs> I, I surprisingly, I feel like this IP has taken on a life of its own. And uh, you guys probably know. If you listen to it twice, you already know more than I do. But um, <laughs> so so Nightgate, um, the Nightgate Journal is a podcast that I started uh, in well, technically in September of last year, and it premiered in October of last year. And it is a serialized, um, short fiction kind of horror, uh, H.P. Lovecraft, uh, sort of story. And it actually all stems from a short story that I wrote, um, the same year I got married about, um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's the fear that we all bring into a new relationship, and in the case of this podcast, in the case of this story, I decided that it's not fun to have metaphorical fears and metaphorical monsters. I want to have actual ones. Right. And so I wrote, uh, I wrote this story called The Voice in the Attic, and I just loved the premise so much that I wanted to turn it into a podcast. And the general idea is it's, uh, it's all told from the perspective of this guy named Dylan, no relation. <laughs> um, and his wife Leslie, no relation to my wife Leslie. And it's his journal. But
0: man, they sound familiar. They really yeah. do.
2: She the, 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 the gal who does the voice of Leslie looks and sounds exactly like my wife. It's the craziest thing. How amazing. But, uh, <laughs> the casting is so good. Oh, it's yes. it's it's solid. But Spot like uh, on. wild. <laughs> but the, the cra- you know, the crazy thing about it is I it was I kind of started it also as a writing experiment because I really like the idea of being stuck in one form um, and in this case journaling and so this whole podcast is about uh, your in it's like a giant internal monologue kind of and it deals with this protagonist who's coming to grips with whether or not there are actually evil things uh, in his house or whether he's imagining it and if there's something more I don't know nefarious going on um, behind the scenes but I'm actually knee-deep in finalizing the finale right now so I'm I'm having to speak slowly and carefully mm. because I don't want to spoil anything for you guys please don't no, and, I, and you even said what if I brought on a, a like a
1: teaser I said don't do that no, no. <laughs> I don't want that I don't want it spoiled and I, we do have a clip we we can play here for people to check it out but um
2: I, I I'm almost scared to play it it's so good oh thank you man yeah it's (laughs) i mean it's it's been so 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 much fun because i i feel like you guys are fans of horror movies i know dk is chris i know you're a horror guy and and so it's this whole idea that the story is only part of it it also is the you know the music the art that would accompany it it's so much of an atmosphere It's so much of a you know group effort and, you know, as much fun as I have writing the story, I feel like one of, hands down, the coolest parts of it is a part that I have nothing to do with, and that's um, the music that my buddy Matt Lowry does. Um, just that kind of creepy atmosphere. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. It really is good. Y- I,
0: you yeah. know, that's, that's the one thing with horror. Like, you know, movie tracks and soundtracks, you know, affect a movie, but I think horror movies are the most affected by you know, the music and the soundtrack. Well, oh. there's that famous story
1: John Carpenter told where he showed Halloween to some uh, executives and they, it was before it was finished and there was no score. And they said, this movie is not going to work. You're, we are in trouble. Uh, <laughs> just and, be awkward. It, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it just be people walking down sidewalks? Yeah. Pumpkins and stuff. And, <laughs> and, uh, it, it would be. Uh, yeah. So, uh, then they added the score in and obviously we got one of the best horror movies ever mm-hmm. So yeah the, obviously to your point that uh, the score and in, in regards to your podcast in particular it makes a big
2: difference it, and it's not always happening but when it does happen boy is it good yeah yeah we uh, my goal is to always have the music be a character um, in and of itself and so if, if you've listened to it twice you may have picked up on it but there are certain musical motifs I like to use. Um, like when, when, when things get really, really hairy and the question of whether or not it's actually happening comes up, there's a specific song I like to use. And, um, and the weird thing about, 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 you know, you creative guys. And so I'm sure that you've kind of experienced this really strange thing that the human brain does is I will write something or I will place a piece of music somewhere not realizing that i had already done that exact same thing in a way that gives it more meaning and so i'll sit back and i'll just be like i'm not the one writing this i'm not the one wow. creating this it's just my subconscious that's like yeah. no 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 it's like i have a really really smart busy guy who's running my subconscious that should be getting all the credit <laughs> i'm just i'm just like there's there's the, the ratatouille rat is doing everything i'm just the dude who's like okay i'll put some some garlic in this in this song sure but uh but no I'm, I'm so glad that you all that you all like it because my the, the main reason i started this was because i had a lot of people who wanted to read my writing but they didn't have time or want to read and so i just wanted sure. to make an, an easy way for them to consume original fiction and i uh i've been really lucky with uh with with the listeners and i've been really lucky with the feedback and uh and i feel like you know I mean, I mean heck it's led me to you guys which is uh, oh no oh, which no. is
1: the thing I'll, i i want to say about it is don't worry that you if you haven't listened yet it's it's evergreen you don't right. there's no you haven't missed out on anything there's no thing. shelf date yeah and in fact it, it might be better because now there is much more you can sort of binge it right mm-hmm. i i love the just the little concept of like you have this series and, mm-hmm. and you know when it's done like you've got this beautiful package Thank you. Uh, it's just this. Go- it's gorgeous. I love it. It's well, so simple. You. I mean, and it's perfect. The r- it,
0: concept is so good. It's almost like you know, like a Stephen King novel. Everything is contained in that small book, but everything is contained in those that you know smaller set of episodes. It's not something that you know lingers on and on and on, mm-hmm. but it's well, really powerful in that small little, you know. I have. I have to say one more thing. Okay
1: and that's I I, I got to say that I love it. Uh I have to. The, the the there are moments in this thing that seem so real and so relatable to me and I I even messaged you at one point and said the, the thing about the moon the mm-hmm. that scare I, right. that whole thing that whole concept of that really mirrored an experience that I had as a child. It, so much that it it really did sort of rattled me a little bit yes. and and it's not just uh it wasn't just that though there were moments like when you describe like oh uh homemade pizza night mm-hmm. uh whenever you you go under these little things that are just these little details that seem to not have anything to do with the story per se but it's this extra flavor that really makes it unique and i, I think pushes it over the edge to becoming something really great
2: oh yeah. thank you man i uh so, I got so that actually came at the suggestion of my dad. Um, my parents are, you know, are always have always been incredibly supportive of, of anything that I want to do creatively. And I wrote a short story called Claire DeLune um, when I was, I think I wrote it in like 2016, 2015. And it was uh, when I was single, it was right before my wife and I started dating. Ooh. And I wrote what on the surface was just this incredibly real confessional. Um, this is a first date with this girl. I'm I'm scared to, you know, if she'll like me, um, you know, going into really intense detail about how she looked, um, how, you know, I think I, I was like her, you know, her hair flowed down her shoulders like calligraphy and her smile, wow. like all this really kind of like dashboard confessional kind of stuff and and (laughs) i'm truly into it oh thanks and at at the at the very (laughs) at the very end and and i won't spoil Nightgate, but i gotta spoil this for the sake of this point but like at the end of the at the end of it um i end up killing this girl accidentally because (laughs) because i'm actually a werewolf and i had forgotten that we were going on a date on a full moon um, I was going to jokingly
1: say because you're Frankenstein and you forgot. Yeah. I, <laughs> so, so like,
2: but like so I, I remember I, it was so funny to me because I had a lot of people who were saying, oh man, I just read your story and I could always tell when people had just read the first part because they're like, oh my gosh, I read your story. You're so brave to write something so honest and all this stuff. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, thanks. But so uh, they shoot you with a silver bullet. Yeah. But. I, uh, but so I remember my, my dad is convinced that that is still the greatest thing that I've ever written. And it's because it's halfway true. And so with, with Nightgate, I tried to do the same thing. And specifically with, with the nightmare sequence, like it took me a while to write that because I was scaring myself, which I know that sounds hokey. Like I'm trying to sell something, but it's because kind of like you, that truly did come from an experience from my childhood. And I think you and I were, when you and I were talking, I think the only part of that dream that was made up or that sequence that was made up was the moon pies story. Um, right. but everything else, I mean, I had that dream for, I think like a week or two weeks straight when I was a kid and it'll occasionally come back. Oh, um, man. and so I, I feel like just human consciousness we try and say it's a big deal, that it's creative, it's monumental, but I think we're kind of running on the same operating system, um, sure, all of right. us. And so I think that you know there's a reason why certain horror movies or certain tropes frighten us, and it's because there's that lizard part of our brain that still thinks, <laughs> oh, no, it's dark. I should be scared because the predators can get me. Um, yes. The, right. the, you know, like the animal predators, not... Uh, you no, know, right, actual right, predator. predator. Yeah, actual no. predator. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> has his cloaking on um it's scary yeah he uh, someone's someone's either typing really fast on a blackberry or i'm about to get killed by a predator um but uh but but no i really really appreciate uh appreciate it i um you know i write this stuff for the same reason I, i i do other podcasts and it's just to kind of Um, as a creative outlet for myself. And I'm so glad that someone else, even one person, or in this case, two people can get something out of it. So I hope that you all enjoy the finale. I'm really excited about it. We can't wait.
1: And, and in fact, let's play. Okay. I have this clip here. Um, I want to go for the Spider-Man. Spider-Man That that sounds perfect. I like that one. It's got a little music. Uh, It's funny because Chris said we should play a clip. I wonder what clip. And I thought we'd be the ones doing the pulling. And then you sent me this, and I was like, oh, this is one of the clips we talked about.
2: Like, <laughs> this is what we had decided on. I, uh, so, uh, I love it. Well, it, yeah. I feel like it can stand alone kind of on itself, but I guess the only thing that people need to know listening to this is um, at this point in the story, this is the third episode, the third entry, and at this point uh, Dylan is convinced that there is a creature without a face that is stalking um, him and his wife and uh, I'll let you take it away. I'm driving back from getting coffee. Leslie was still asleep when I left. I had been gone maybe 10 minutes. I turn the corner. I see my house. It's daylight. These things don't happen when it's daylight. He's there. Or it's there. Standing at the side of my house. I recognize the dirty black pants, I recognize the ratty black shirt, but something's wrong. His back is to me, its back. It crouches down, its legs wide, bending at the knee, lower, lower, much lower than a human should be able to go. His body shudders its body as it dislocates its hips. Its back starts to move and flex and writhe. This can't be a man, it has to be a thing. I see another convulsion as the shoulders dislocate and extend outward and backward. It leaps up the side of the house, crawling like a spider, crawling up the side of my house, crawling towards the large vent just below our roofline, the vent that leads to the attic. I watch it disappear into the vent. Just before it goes, it looks back at me, a concave face featureless that's the last thing I remember before the collision knocks me unconscious
1: what an exciting clip uh, <laughs> that is uh, that really was one of the most memorable moments of the of the show I thought or one of my favorites for sure So, well like you said again, that was
0: the one that we had suggested before we had even really talked about what you know with Dylan what clip to share so I mean yeah well, it okay. kind of speaks for itself <laughs> right well, if, if, this so, is,
2: if this is any hype for you, I, so I write in two different ways. I write, I outline, but then also I write in big sequences um, that I know I want to you know show up in the show. And two of those sequences were a nightmare sequence. And the Ooh. second sequence was the uh, thing without a face crawling up the side of my house like a spider. Right. And yes. the third image is coming in the finale. Oh, oh boy. boy! So <laughs> the hype train—it's <laughs> wedded.
1: Let's yes. do this! Yes. Oh man! Uh, so check it out—the Nightgate Journal. Anywhere you get podcasts. Right. You you must you must do absolutely. This. It's it's so good. Well, um, one
0: last thing on this. The, what I wanted to say is, you know, DK and I have a little bit different taste when it comes to horror. Mm-hmm. Not much. We still like a lot of the same things. Yeah. But my my the one thing that really gets me, and it was kind of a, um, like I heard this a long long time ago. And is this it, the hand in the on the yes, light switch thing? Yes. <laughs> okay. And, and and your podcast really brought those kind of memories up i heard a quote from uh king talking about the things that scare him the most are not the monster in the room when you turn the lights on but it's the hand you feel moving your hand to the light switch when you're reaching in the dark to turn the lights on
2: oh you just gave me you just gave me chills dude (laughs) like that's i like stuff like that Oh yeah. So so you and I are of this I feel like I am a I am the a combination of, of, <laughs> of you and DK when it comes to horror. Because between right. that stuff and then if 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 the if the antagonist in the podcast is any indication weird body stuff like the thing sure, long right. fingers i uh, i lucked out and the guy who does all of the artwork for the show is a guy named dylan cole black he's a local Oh, the guy art. i thought was you on instagram yeah, Dil- there's like there's like this <laughs> dylan and then dylan black does the artwork i love it but he uh he and i are terrified by the same things and we like the same kind of horror movies and like, the color palette that we use for the cover art is the same color palette that's used in The Exorcist. Oh, um, yeah. And, and so just all this kind of cool stuff. But the the weird body stuff, like the, the concave skulls and the long fingers freak him out, too. And I need to send you all some of the artwork that he has done that he sent me. I've posted some of it. But it's like, oh, he... His artwork scares me so much. And I'm like, but That's this great. Is, is... I'm like, Dylan, but this that. is stuff you're coming up with. And I'm like, I know, <laughs> but what's going on? <laughs> oh. Well, let's transition into some horror talk. Like, what's some of your favorite, like, horror movies? Oh, okay. So, my... my I feel like I needed some time before I could comfortably say this because of recency bias. But I think my favorite right. horror movie is probably Hereditary. Wow. Um, I, I think that it it hits every single, checks every single box that I want in a horror movie. I'm a big fan of the slow burn. Um, and the reason I love Hereditary so much is because it's a slow burn and then the payoff is just insane. It, it um, is. Uh, heaps of payoff. Oh my gosh, yeah. but it's, I read an early review of it and for those of you who haven't seen Hereditary, I won't, I won't spoil it, but I read an earlier review of it that said that what Hereditary does that no other horror movie has really done except maybe a small handful is it takes you to that point, that uncomfortable point where all horror movies do. But then it just keeps going and going and going yeah. until by the end of it. It's one of those movies that's so horrifying and outrageous that you just find yourself laughing in the theater because your brain doesn't know what else to do.
1: Ooh, I, <laughs> during the When we saw that in the theater, I'm just remembering this. I got up um, midway through. Uh, it was when, again, I'm trying not to do any spoilers, but it was when... Uh, it's been out for the, a few years at this point. I know. Point. <laughs> it's, it's when the mother is um, grieving uh-huh. and she is in the parking lot and the lady says, oh, I have, I basically, I, I have a way maybe we could do something oh, for you. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and you can tell that she is been planted there and it's insidious and she's just preying on the grief of this poor woman. And I felt so like sickened. Mm -hmm. I almost, I I went to the bathroom and came back. I almost didn't come back. I was like, I could just stay out of it. I could just leave. (laughs) I don't don't need to find out what happens to this poor lady. (laughs) That's, but yeah, what a what a movie! That's, I, I, I would agree with you. It's it's like a
2: one of the best we've gotten in a long time. Yeah, it's something beautiful that horror is doing now. Because um, you know they talk about this a lot. So DK and I are both big fans of and patrons of the With Gorely and Rust podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out the to best. to Paul and Matt. We love you all. You're responsible for this for this podcast episode right now. Um, yep. But it, you know they they cover all these old horror franchises, and it's interesting because when you watch movies from these different eras, you see that you know it kind of flows. Like I feel like the horror we're getting now is kind of like the horror we were getting in the late '60s, early '70s. I would agree. Um, yes. Kind of like you know the Rosemary's Baby kind of slow burn psychological. For sure. Um, right? And I feel like what really kicked it off was the Babadook, which took a very very. Human idea of you know postpartum depression and all this kind of stuff sure. and Brief. turned it into a horror story, and then hereditary did that and I find that those stories are much more powerful and frightening it's like you have a right. frightening story, you have a powerful story, but you know that's that's kind of not to turn it back again, but that was one of my big goals with Nightgate is use an emotion that that I felt and that I'm sure many people have felt of I have my own psychosis. I have my own struggles with anxiety and depression. What happens when I welcome another person into my life and we get married? How does right. that affect that person? How does it manifest that person? And, and so I feel like those are the stories that, that, that really are really affecting. But aside from that, dude, I watched The Thing for the first time like I can't two weeks you. ago and I loved it so I much. I don't,
1: I'm so, I'm honestly jealous of that. <laughs> it was
2: so good. I watched <laughs> yeah. it twice in like two or three days and I, oh my gosh, I love it so much, but. I can't believe it. I, I, I just, I
1: wish there were more classics like that mm-hmm. that I could go back and, and see for the first time. So I don't know if you do this, but I've, I've started to do this thing where I will go way out of my way to not think about or or watch certain movies for like a long time. Mm-hmm. A long time. And so, like, I had seen The Shining, I think, you know, in high school or something. But I hadn't seen it since then. And, you know, it always gets referenced and whatever. You It's iconic. You think about it. You remember it. But I watched The Shining for the first time in almost 15 years. uh, Oh,
2: my gosh.
1: Just this last week. And it has stuck with me this entire time. I can't. It's so good. It is so good. I just I I forgot I, I I knew it was amazing but it was just like one of those things where until I was experiencing it again I I just forgot the the power that that movie has and the beauty of that movie and yes. the craftsmanship and just I could go on
2: and on it's like I, there's a reason why it's one of the oh, best yeah. oh yeah I uh, and and Chris I get the impression on the show and just on this episode today mm-hmm. that that you and I are kindred spirits and that we're both big Stephen King fans
0: absolutely did you like Doctor actually- Sleep. I was just gonna talk about that because mm-hmm. ironically you know DK was talking about not having seen the Shining in a while. Yeah. I hadn't seen it in, a, in quite a while at least a minimum of 10 years oh man but when Dr. Sleep came out on satellite, I sat there and watched the Shining and then back to back to Dr. Sleep Oh yeah I liked it a lot I, well, I thought I'm it, do that I thought it harkened to a lot of the old movie. Uh-huh. But with some new I mean with some new twist to it, which I liked.
1: Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I'm planning on watching it. This I this think weekend. you'll like oh, it. Oh, dude. I, I really think you'll like it. Yeah. I'm very excited. It's uh, uh It's so he good. He is uh yeah. oh, what's
0: what's his writer's name? Mike um, Flanagan.
1: Flanagan. Flanagan. Flanagan is like the boss. I've praised him many times on this show, but Flanagan. Oh, man, I can't wait. I just want him to do
2: everything. I, uh, give, it, give it all to Flanagan. I, so this, this might kind of fit into kind of nerd news. It's not new, um, but it's related. And it makes me so sad. But for a while, Flanagan was slated to direct Revival, um, Stephen King's Revival. Right. And he's been removed from the project. I, I mean, he still has other stuff coming out. Like, I think he has a new show um, coming out for Netflix. Oh, what is it called? It's not Black Mass. But it's something like that. I just
1: read about it, and he's got um he's got Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street yeah, as the, the um, lead. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I'm calling it Bad Priest in my head because that's basically <laughs> what it's about. But uh, but I I can Bad Priest. Oh, but Mike Flanagan, I think, is an absolute godsend in the horror industry right now, and I will watch. I I can seriously watch, and there are very few shows I can do this with, but I can watch The Haunting of Hill House on a loop without. Stopping like it
1: seems so in line with everything you said. Oh, like right. I'm not that's not surprising at all. Oh
2: so good, dude. The music, <laughs>
0: everything. Yeah. But, but what are some of you guys' favorite horror movies? Need- Chris? Um, well, I mean, you know, I've said this in agnosium that uh, The Exorcist is probably one of my favorites of all time. Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, just for the fact that, you know, my uh <laughs> Location to close of the actual happenings. Oh, so yeah, we're
1: from we're from the area. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. And you've had, Chris? Am I wrong? But you've been to the hospital. the stuff?
0: Yes, I have been to the hospital where some of the stuff is, and I've actually yep. been to Saint Xavier's, which is um, right there at Saint Louis University, where the is. Director- Saint Xavier's. I,
1: I thought that was a school for gifted children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that was just Xavier's.
1: Oh, okay. My bad. You okay. did young.
0: Students. No, yeah. St. <laughs> no, Xavier's is the church that's right there at St. Louis U, and which is connected to the rectory that a lot of things happened. That's wild stuff. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. I
1: think Exorcist is also one of my favorites. I don't think any movie scarred me more. I I, (laughs) Exorcist gave me an actual problem. Fact, Uh, like I mean, that's a real deal. Yeah, Uh, if I saw a photo of Linda Blair in the makeup, I I would like have a break. It was it was rough. My friends would just like email me a photo of her (laughs) just to see my reaction. (laughs) Hey, Camir, I want to show you this on the computer, and I would fall down. So well, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was brutal.
0: Yeah, I was uh, going to say I became a huge Max von Sydow fan.
1: Yeah, well, the, the thing yeah. was that that mm-hmm. that turned into an obsession where I thought if if I give it more of my attention and more if I learn more about it, maybe I can kind of take some of the power back. Mm. So I I kind of delved very deep i read the book when i i think this was i was in 7th or (laughs) 8th um it it destroyed me i thought oh maybe if i read the book i I will sort of you know gain some control back i'll I'll understand more and it just frightened me more Um, right so what i then would do would be i would watch documentaries and i would i would you know read about the making of and just like learn you know just to solidify that this is just a movie. These are just actors. Oh. Everything's fine. It's scary looking. And I wanted to know why it was so scary to me. So learning about the makeup and the all the right. on-set things that happened and it, there's just so much stuff with that movie. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I, I had to like uh kind of heal myself <laughs> on that one.
0: <laughs> now if this you really want to get yeah, if you yes. really want to get scared after watching that and learning about the real possession. Mm-hmm. Um, Troy Taylor's book, uh, the devil comes to St. Louis. Oh boy. And he, he actually interviewed the, the boy's name is Roland. The real life boy, his name is Roland. Oh my and that was just released. In the last, because he just passed away. Because right? he just passed away, because they couldn't release his actual name.
1: He didn't want to be. He didn't right. want to be uh, oh. paraded around. Yeah, or, he or just passed
0: away, and I know Troy is writing some new stuff to put back into the book oh. since oh, he wasn't sweet. able to. But I really, if if you love that movie and want to know what really happened, this oh, is yeah. he goes through detail. Remember, there was a uh,
2: there was like a. Uh, timothy dalton yeah it was like, called possession special.
0: yeah no it was yeah. a movie it was called possession
2: yeah and, and then okay i remember seeing something like this
0: right yeah
1: that and that was based on the quote true events right oh, right right um that i think that might be something i'm going to rewatch. right
2: um I know, Dylan. You can't watch that right oh my now. And I apologize. No, do
1: you want to? Do you want to explain that? So
2: I feel like you know, talking about the Exorcist and, and Catholicism in a way is a perfect pivot to. I'm not Catholic. I was raised Episcopalian, so we have all the fun stuff, and then only the bad stuff if we want to have it. And uh, my <laughs> wife and I decided this this year that we you know we always try to give up something for Lent, just because why not? And I was telling DK off mic that I made the stupid decision of giving up. <laughs> All TV, including video games, oh, um, for absolutely for Lynn. insane. And, That's around
0: forty days. Gonna oh, be.
2: dude, it's it's rough. I will tell you this: I've gotten so much more time to read fantasy novels. Like okay. I'm, uh, I'm reading through the Red Rising series right now by Pierce Brown. Highly recommend okay. it. And I'm reading. You're gonna say Pierce Brosnan? Pierce Brosnan wrote these amazing <laughs> <He's> fantasy <laughs> novels. <laughs> He's a noted fantasy <laughs> author.
0: <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> and then
2: uh, I'm reading. Oh, well, uh, it would be
0: better than his James Bond. Gosh. Anyway
2: no, no. Uh, okay. There's, you know what? This is a safe space. I, um, yes. yeah. I think that Goldeneye was, is, Goldeneye is one of my favorite Bond movies, but Pierce Brosnan got such an unfair shake. And I'm just imagining it, not that I don't love Dalton, but imagining Pierce Brosnan in The Living Daylights and License to Kill. Oh, he, w- he probably would have been better in that. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: I don't know, guys. I'm a Dalton lover like big time so the things you're saying to me i'm not liking
2: <laughs> yeah it's it's tough because like whenever you when if, if you would move brosnan back because i love dalton too i think you know right. he's like Brosnan
1: should have he should have gotten it when dalton got it that's the story that's the whole thing mm-hmm. he, he was originally supposed to
2: be right in those movies i dude i just so i'm actually re-listening i say re-listening but kind of because i haven't listened <laughs> to all of it to james bonding and it's just—it's oh, really—it's unlocked such a really weird obsession with book, the Bond movies, and I—it's uh, just I am—I am a diehard Roger Moore Bond fan, and so Same. he's my favorite. Yeah, Roger Moore is—he's—it's just I can't believe oh it. he's so good—he's such a time and place Bond. I'm so happy that you said oh this. yeah no it's like, it's like where we disagree maybe with Dalton I feel like we can find solace in the arms of Roger Moore. Knowing that he will make some inappropriate quip while we are in his arms.
1: (laughs) Chris, do you have any newsy things you like to?
0: Well, I know they announced like the tentative dates again for Marvel movies. Okay. Ooh. Let's hear them. Okay. Well, uh, they reannounced for the one thousand five hundred sixty seventh time the dates for movies coming out this year potentially maybe, could be (laughs) very well possibly it
1: sounds like you're just you don't have the list in front of you (laughs) I do have it in front of me
0: no I have it in front of me but I'm just very pessimistic on if they will actually going to hit these dates Mm-hmm. Okay. All what right. We got? Um, well, obviously not a movie, but the series we know for sure, Falcon and Wiener Soldier will be out March nineteenth with its first episode. You say episode. Wiener Soldier? Yeah, Wiener Soldier.
1: Falcon and Wiener Soldier. That was my I name know. in high
2: school. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sorry to
1: bring
2: that up.
0: Justice yeah. Wiener Soldier. Oh yeah, Wiener Soldier. Good guy. <laughs> oh, What's next, man. Chris? Let's see uh,
1: Black widow May 7th. I am I think looking more forward to that than than I initially had thought.
2: I I think I think I'm in the same boat. I was just kind of like I don't care about Black widow. I don't need a black widow story, but then I'm kind of getting and this might be a sin to say and I think I'm not sure if I even believe myself, but I'm starting to get like the big superhero movie fatigue. Um, oh, sure. And I kind of need something like Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Black Widow, just kind right. of like a more grounded Captain America, Winter Soldier right. sort of vibe. Right. And so this will be kind of a good palate cleanser before... The uh, the other movies coming out, but well, also f- last
1: year was a pretty
2: good palate cleanser. Oh yeah,
1: for yeah,
0: nothing. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Absolutely I think
1: that's nothing. That's what helped me. I think was that we didn't get. It was just like thing after thing, and, and Endgame, and all this stuff, and Thor three, yeah. and they were all so big and huge, and they were great, but they were. I just was getting very tired of right. them. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh good, uh, a story that I don't really like. I'm not the biggest Black Widow fan, whatever. But now that it's been some time. I I definitely feel the uh the old love. It's there. Oh yeah. oh yeah.
0: Well, and I like the cast. I mean what we've seen, you know, oh, they're they, all good. they've got David know, Harbour
1: is I, I'm a fan for Right.
0: That. And and Florence Puig, I mean she's, oh, she's been so, in, so good. good. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then uh Rachel Weiss. Mhm.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited for that cast. So, sure. Well, what's next? Uh, Loki, the series.
2: I'm so excited for Loki.
0: I am so like excited. A, Loki looks like a, a Neil
1: Gaiman, like Doctor Who, like weird.
2: Okay, yeah, that's. Oh my gosh, that is so in my Q zone, dude. Like. Neil Gaiman is my favorite writer and Same. like yes you were you were just you were this show is pushing all the buttons for me <laughs> and do you I want mean, to talk about Gaiman for a minute? Yeah, dude, I would love to talk about Gaiman. I'm actually so I I finally bit the bullet and got all four volumes of Annotated Sandman. Oh, yes. Uh, and I'm reading through it for it's my fourth time reading through the series, first time oh, with so annotated. Good. Yeah. And I'm just – I am such a massive Gaiman fan, so much so that – on, this, on the new podcast that I'm starting in May. It's it's called the Millennium Falconers uh, Book Club. It's going to be a Star Wars-based podcast. Mm-hmm. It was originally just going to be called the Millennium Falconers, but my buddy who's doing it with me was like, hey, do you want to say it's the Millennium Falconers Book Club so we can talk about Tolkien and Neil Gaiman? And I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, my gosh, yeah. Neil, I joke around that I like to read his entire bibliography, uh, like his novel bibliography, uh, once every couple of years. And Have you got I, a favorite? It's t- that's tough. Um, I think it's kind of a little bit cliche to say this, but I think my favorite novel is American Gods. Sure, um, it's so good though. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: it can be cliche all at once. It's it,
2: it's it is be for a reason. I mean, right. because it's fantastic. It does. Um, so everything that Gaiman does well, I feel like is demonstrated in. American gods, but then it's so hard to discount the ocean at the end of the lane. Um, That's my favorite. That's the one. Because it's so, it's so autobiographical, which is rare for, for Gaiman. Um, and it just, it really, I mean, I, I think Amanda Palmer, I think wrote the forward in the version I have, and she was just talking about how, how personal it was for him when he was writing that. And I actually, you know, knock on wood that that we all get vaccinated but I have tickets to see The Ocean at the End of the Lane in West End or at West End on October 30th so oh I just uh, I just have to get to London uh get to <laughs> London you know between now and then but um American gods but then I think Sandman might be my favorite written work in any medium, and that sounds hyperbolic. But if you've read Sandman, oh, you no. know what I mean. I think you could. I think you, there's an argument to be made right, for sure. Right. Did you listen to the audiobook? Yes. Or the uh, audio drama? Yes. So when I started this 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 recent reread, what I would do is I would read the issue, the annotated issue, and then listen to it. And you mm-hmm. pick up on um, on little tiny things. Like I think during the episode. Or excuse me. The issue slash episode for twenty four hours. The <laughs> oh, one yeah. oh, where uh, the one where he's in the diner, just wreaking yeah. havoc.
0: Right. So, so memorable.
2: So there's there's a line where where John D is you know sitting up there, he's sitting crisscross applesauce, and they're like, "Why are you doing this to us? What are you doing? What's going on?" And he says something in the comic, and I can't remember, but in in Neil Gaiman's original scripts, he has um, he has John say, "Just killing time." And yeah. and he doesn't say it in the comic, but then they added that as the line in the audio drama. Right. And I remember I, I, t- I tweeted at Dirk Mags, and I was like, dang, you guys really did your research and you you know you're adding these these lines that Gaiman intended but didn't originally make it into the actual combat book and, and Dirk was like yeah we 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 did our homework and i was just like oh <laughs> do it all wouldn't you <laughs> oh yeah absolutely but right. um yeah. but I'll, what 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 about you guys tell me about your experience with the neil well,
0: well go ahead Chris. okay i was going to say i'd have to say my favorite book is uh the graveyard book oh yes yeah so that's you know, and also I mean Sandman is I, I was an original Sandman collector. You oh know, I, I, I got the whole you know, I I started from issue one, I went you know, and I went on to Hellblazer, you know, that whole whole uh kind of universe that he had. So good. So yeah, it's so unique. It has such a its own vibe.
2: Yes, it does. I don't know any
1: other way to to, to say it. Yeah,
2: his his friendship with Alan Moore is really on full display. I I feel mm-hmm. like because I, I remember you know I took his master class kind of between writing projects when I was doing the short story collection and kind of starting Nightgate. I listened to his master class and he talks about you know, something that I didn't know and it's that Alan Moore actually sat him down and taught him how to plot. Comics and so wow. Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman use the same style of, of 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 plotting, and if you have a copy of Watchmen, I didn't realize this until I recently reread Watchmen around the time the HBO series was coming out, and I didn't realize this, but Alan actually dedicates Watchmen to Neil Gaiman. What? Um, yeah, and and so it's it's so funny if you you know it, if when you realize so Alan Moore creates. John Constantine in Swamp Thing and then Neil Gaiman who learned how to write comic books from Alan Moore uses John Constantine in Sandman right, his first yeah. comic and it's like oh my gosh world's it's so climbing. cool yeah it's like the best bro moment ever in
1: comics <laughs> i want to be so in their cool. i want to be in their cool wizard group right i want to be in their discord chat <laughs> that they have i'm sure they have. <laughs>
0: yeah right <laughs> and alan wizard alan group. moore on discord would just be a spew of expletives to fans. <laughs>
2: I uh, I haven't quite gotten the stamina up yet. I might try it after. Uh, heck, I might try it during Lent since I really don't have anything else to do. But I got um, <laughs> I got a copy of Jerusalem and I really want to read it. But yeah. it's like I don't even know how. It's like the smallest print, the widest margins, and still like over twelve hundred pages. It's massive. <laughs> but I'm just like, why not? I, I want to do it just so I can come on podcast with cool guys to be like. Hey, have you guys read jerusalem <laughs> referencing? <Yeah. laughs> it's like <laughs> that's why we do anything come on right. but yeah. um but what about you dk what's your what's your favorite neil gaiman
1: well mine's definitely ocean at the end of the lane um and that was one of those i i read the book and i loved it and I, then I, I found out that neil narrates the audiobook himself ooh yeah and that audiobook is so special to me and there's there's like weird moments I, this is going to be so weird uh there's certain moments that like make me cry that's not weird that, at all dude that's, that like yeah. probably like a, i don't think a normal person would but there are certain things that he says and the way he says them mm-hmm. in particular in that audiobook that just like get they get to me like to my core mm-hmm. so i'd listen to that every uh sometimes i don't know maybe once a year i, I listen to it pretty often and i it's just so special to me. So, I, I like everything, everything Neil that I've read right. has been I've been a fan of. So, but that's that's the one for me. That's in particular. That's very special. And of course, Sandman. I've talked about it on this show. Oh yeah, to just
2: forever, uh, huge fan. So yeah, Neil Gaiman is my dude. He is the man. Um... Absolutely. And wouldn't it be so cool if I was like, and actually I have a surprise for you all. And then Neil Gaiman. Hello. Thank you for listening to my audiobooks. I, books.
1: Oh, yes. You nailed this. Yes.
2: It's all about, exactly. you have to be a little quiet reading in the shade. But, um. But. And there was a cat. <laughs> and the cat was there.
0: <laughs>
2: well, now, Chris, what's the next
1: Marvel thing coming out? <laughs> well,
0: after Loki, uh, we're looking at, which I just, you know, we we were went off on Neil, so I just said the hell with it. I would never go I off know. on
1: Neil, but <laughs> hey, if Neil wants to go off on me. Uh,
0: Shang-Chi. <laughs> Yell at uh, me. And the Legend of the Ten Rings. That's going to be cool. Is there...
1: Hang on. Is there like a cameo where you could get Neil Gaiman to just scream at you <laughs> just, for five minutes
2: just be- belittle you? <laughs> for $150? I don't even want him to scream. I just want him to say things in that voice that are disappointing like, Your parents <laughs> thought you'd be more, but you weren't more <laughs> than that. that that's, See, like, that's there's like Neil's really screaming. long pauses yeah. in between. <laughs> that's yeah. 30 that's screaming. That's, the longer the pauses, the more intense the anger. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. but I would pay good money for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I'm
1: sorry, Chris. Go no, on, Shang-Chi. No, you're fine.
0: You're fine. Shang-Chi and the uh, Legend of the Ten Rings, which we're actually going to see the real Mandarin, not yes. uh, not uh, the one we saw in the worst. Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> a great actor playing the worst character ever in a Marvel <laughs> oh, yes. movie.
1: What a weird thing. Yeah. Now, how do you guys feel? Uh, let me just derail this again. Okay. What are you? What are your thoughts on Iron Man three?
2: Oh, I I I liked it more than two, um, okay. which I, I feel like doesn't say too terribly much. But I I'm not one of those you know like it's in my top five kind of guys. But mm-hmm. I I consider it one of the better um, Iron Man or not better Iron Man movies. Better Marvel movies just because it kind of opted for story over style. Um, I think I can give you that. Yeah. yeah. But I uh, it's, not, it's not one that I would just like put on. Like I'm a, no. I'm a Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Doctor Strange. I like the weirder it is, the more I'll like it. Um, but I, I kind of liked it. And it was, oh, it, Shane Black, right? Right. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. And Shane, Shane Black is when he hits, he hits hard and he's, yep. he's amazing. And so I was a, I was a fan. Not a, not a, not a stan, but a fan. Say that way.
1: Fair enough. I was just wondering, because I go back and forth on that movie. I I watched it. The the most recent watch I did of it, I, I did enjoy it more. And I thought, why did I feel so strongly not into this movie before? But I really enjoy, I like watched it in a hotel room. Not that, well, okay. It was like two years ago, but Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, this is so fun. Like, why, why did I not? Well, let's be honest.
0: It's a, it's a tale of two movies in the same movie. You know, yeah. if you yeah. split up like half of it, it would be really great. Well, you have the and then you can take, thing, yeah, and you and can take you like half of it thing. out, yeah. And it's, it's. I I think some of the story is kind of convoluted. You know, it's kind I of. Think a Guy Pierce up.
1: could have been a better villain. Yes, mm-hmm.
0: I think he could have been a. a and way I don't better think it's villain. his fault. No, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know. And it did do some fan service, getting to see all the different armors. Uh-huh. You know those oh, kind oh, of yeah. things. You know, and that. It had some good, you know, typical Marvel one-liners, you know, near the end. But I, it's, you know, it, I know we do a ton of lists all the time on here. Wow. I wouldn't.
2: <laughs> we love lists. We love lists. Um are great.
0: Um, w- would it be in my top f- five? No. But it wouldn't be in my bottom five either.
2: It's definitely yeah. in my top three Iron Man movies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And considering it was,
2: you know, we are talk about Shane Black, I think we should give it a little bit of extra, you know, an extra boost because it was directed by a guy who was in the original Predator. So, oh, yes. so you gotta, and also I feel like, I'm, sorry, I'm going on a Shane Black tangent. I just do it. Like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang came out of absolutely nowhere. And yeah. I love that movie. And the, and the Nice Guys did the same thing. Right. Even though uh-huh. I knew Shane Black was good, I knew Kiss Kiss Bang Bang had this effect on me. But still, The Nice Guys came out, and it was so perfect. I so, love yeah. that
0: movie. Yeah, I mean, who would have saw that coming with those two together in a movie? No, nope, not me, not no. me for <laughs> sure. But I, uh, yeah.
2: So fan, but not a stan. Not in my bottom five, but not in my top five. Right these old hashtags
0: yes <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe yeah
1: <laughs> chris what's next
0: uh the internals the long-awaited internals that we've seen yes. nothing of oh, other than man. some character art
2: yeah Akubail nanjani's abs oh my gosh so Okay, my brother-in-law and I are in a text group with with he he and his buddy do a podcast on Dwayne the Rock Johnson and his filmography that's absolutely hilarious. Oh, that um, sounds great! Shout out, shout out to Rock Talk. Um, yes. But but as soon as all those Camille pictures came out, we were having the discussion like, is it possible for him to be too buff? And <laughs> and we we look at those pictures and I'm just kind of like. I'm not sure if it comes from a place of jealousy or not, but I'm just like, dude is so like he's scary jacked, and uh,
1: he has no yeah. What it's not fair, Camille. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> come on, man. you're supposed to be the
2: chubby guy from Silicon Valley. What's going on? Right.
1: You're hilarious and you're buff. Yeah, it's not fair. It,
2: it, you, One or the other, buddy. Leave leave some for the rest of us, please. Do you think? Do you think he'll he'll no longer be funny? That okay? Because that's he's now jacked. That's where our conversation went. Right. It's this whole idea that as soon as. It's like uh, it's like the Jonah Hill syndrome. when he lost all that weight, he wasn't funny anymore. Mm-hmm. you know good for, good for him. Um, I'm all about pro body image stuff. but if you market yourself as like the chunky kind of funny guy and then right. you lose a whole bunch of weight, I mean, I feel like you're gonna lose some of that appeal. But it's the Drew Carey syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Drew and Skinny Drew Carey freaks me out. He's kinda like Skinny Pin Gillette. I <laughs> yeah. saw I saw an ad, a Facebook targeted ad, and it was Skinny Pin Gillette. And he looked like he was made out of like like dogs' ears. Just like velvety dog ears. <laughs> oh, no. It was oh it freaked me out. Oh, but uh but but Because everything in the universe rhymes, I now have to bring it back to Neil Gaiman. Did either of you read his Eternals comic? No. no, I didn't even know he did. Yeah. Yeah, What? So he wrote, it was kind of like a, a, it wasn't a real reboot because I feel like Gaiman doesn't really do long form series anymore, Mm -mm. but he wrote just like, I think like a six, eight issue series on the Eternals. Um, kind of bringing it back into the Marvel Universe, and I think it came out and took place surrounding the events of Civil War one. Um, oh, one of my favorites. Okay, yes. yeah, yeah, I that. went so crazy for I was in a band at that time, and we were
1: touring, and getting those civil war issues as they were coming out was like Ooh. helped keep me sane. Right. Yeah when I was like in a van with a bunch of dudes, <laughs> I still remember
2: that cover where it's like Spider-Man at the press conference and like about yes. to take yeah. his mask off and all yes. oh. Civil War. You see, it's so weird nowadays with all these MCU movies because like this used to be stuff that you and your nerdy buddies would get together and be like, okay, can you believe you know Thanos found all of these all of the stones to make the <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet, and right. now you have like people who are sitting there you know with their hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok it's like they'll do a twerking video and they'll do a alright so what do you actually think is going on in WandaVision let us, let me know in the comments <laughs> oh, and I'm like yes. how dare you that's yeah. my that's my thing yeah.
1: you're on my turf <laughs> <Yeah. buddy. laughs> let's fight uh, it, it is one of those weird things and I, I know a lot of people have talked about this but like being nerdy before was not really not cool it, yeah. it, it seems as though it's become a cool thing now
2: Oh my gosh! Or at least way more accepted and popular. And I am so incredibly sorry to continue derailing. I feel like that's that's the guest's job the on theme. a good that's established right. podcast. That's the theme derailing. of
0: this podcast. It's what be we're derailed. doing today.
2: Yeah. I uh, this the big spoiler is I am actually the kitchen sink in this episode. There you go. You are, uh, <laughs> and so so the sink has. Has, has something very, very specific to say. And it's okay. So, um, this, this whole idea of nerd culture and how it's become more popular is something we talk about a whole lot on a podcast that I co host called Keeping Up with the Coens, which is unlike any other thing that I do because it's legitimately me and two of my friends re watching the OC. Um, oh, yeah. Which is the best worst show of all time. <laughs> and, and you know, the, the, one of the main characters is, is this kid named Seth, and he's supposed to be like this nerdy Jewish kind of nobody likes me, I read comic books kind of character. And a weird thing happened when the show came out is he ended up becoming the heartthrob of the series rather than like the brooding bad boy. It became this nerdy, <laughs> skinny Jewish kid. And he is partially one of the reasons... Why you know all these comic book things are not like all these guys would watch it? They'd be like, oh, hey, comic books aren't nerdy, I guess, because all these girls like him, and so maybe I'll read some comics and see what happens. And so we like, wow, we did a whole like hour long really? episode analyzing it was like a social it. phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, because like the. the They made him seem then like the only equivalent I could think of for now, and I'm not passing judgment because I am this guy, but like the only equivalent now to what he was supposed to represent in like 2003 is like a Magic the Gathering, World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XIV kind of anime weeb kind of thing. Um, definitely has a fedora. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like, you know, um, maybe even go as far as being like a four chan poster kind uh, of kind of thing. Like that was the kind of nerd that he was supposed to be. But because he was cute and could skateboard, you know, it's uh it's just so weird. Because nowadays, when he's when they when they're on the show and they're talking about he, I'm taking him to a comic book convention. Oh my gosh, that's so nerdy! And I'm like, dude, have you seen Comic Con these days? I was gonna it's say, like, yeah. You're you're making you're making fun of him for reading Justice League, like Snyder cut, bro. Like, what's going on this, here? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> But, uh, but anyway, we have a lot of thoughts about this night. Of yeah. time, oh the boy. But, uh, but we don't need to get into <laughs> no. it No, but that's, that's the, that's kind of the caveat is it's so different being nerdy now than it was. Sure. You have to try to be nerdy. It's like, it's like failing out of elementary school. You have to really try to do it. <laughs> yes. But, yes. But, well, well, the thing, the thing too, is like
1: now there's so much more content just in general, right. and it's so much more accessible because of the internet. Yes, and because any old person can do it, like we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's just one of those. It, it
2: was not possible. Yeah. Before it's become uh, a term of endearment, and so much so that you have this entire subculture of of, of entertainers. Who are like, and I won't name any names because I don't want to turn anyone turn anyone off. But it's this whole idea of like, I'm such a nerd. That's my thing. I, that's my brand. I'm a nerd. Look at all of these multi million dollar properties that I actually love. Like I'm a nerd. I like Lord of the Rings, or I'm a nerd. I like yeah, Marvel, yeah. and I'm like, congratulations. <laughs> it's, like I know everyone else who likes Marvel too. But right. <laughs> sorry, my I, yeah. I, I almost tripped falling off of my soapbox there, but no, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my digression is ended. Alright. No,
0: as someone right. that, you know, was early teens in the mid eighties mm-hmm. and was into all this, yeah. I mean it's it's almost condescending sometimes that these you know, you get these, you know, influencers and celebrities oh, are yeah. like oh i'm so so much into this and i'm it's like dude just shut up <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> I, like, I walked so you could fly okay? exactly right. i got beaten down and had to crawl back into my hole for a while just so you can be you know
1: yeah do your tiktok dance and <laughs> right, <up>. yeah exactly <laughs>
0: Just Dance for my amusement. Get you know, those likes. There, yeah. There's legitimately some of those guys that I think uh, Joe uh, Manglinato, I think yes. he is like a full-on nerd, always was, you know, he just happened to be a big athletic guy.
1: Yeah. Oh, hang on. Is it, are you talking about Joe, is it Manganiello? I don't know how to say his I, name. I can the never pronounce guy? it. True Blood? Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he's a big and, D&D and, guy. And Rami, Spider-Man. More importantly, oh, yeah, he's Flash Thompson, yes. isn't he? Mm-hmm. In, in, some, in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. But isn't he? he's also in that Pee Wee Herman movie where they sort of have a bromance that it's the best.
0: <laughs> oh, I I that oh yeah. Movie.
1: Yes.
2: Oh, that, that movie is so funny. Like, Paul Russ is in yeah. it. Paul's in it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm gonna watch it. Oh, I can't
1: watch and, it. And no! Possibly wrote on it. I don't know if he wrote on it as well, but he he like uh, he he's one of the guys in the diner at the beginning. You'll see
2: him. It's very he's very funny. I feel like uh, I feel like Henry Cavill is that way too. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. Because you know, come on. Because yeah. even before his whole you know I'm building my own PC on on Twitch kind of thing, he I remember when they announced him as Geralt of Rivia. I uh, I was reading all these interviews, and like he was fanboying over the fact that he got to play Geralt of Rivia because he was a big fan of The Witcher books. Yeah. Right. Um, the books, right. not the games. Yeah. No, even. not the game. The, the books. books. That's yeah. such a power move, Henry. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, what a man. win.
1: Yeah. Chris, is there another Marvel thing coming
0: out this year? <laughs> the last thing of this year is going to be, and, and I know you're kind of excited for it, I'm kind of excited for it, just because it leads into next year. Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. Spider-Man three. Spider-Man, Spider-Man three. And we, we do have a title now, right? Is what is it? Can't go, can't go home. No way home.
2: No way home. I love it. Interesting. I love, I love it so much. I, Spider-Man was always my Marvel hero. Um, whenever I was growing like Brian Michael Bendis ultimate Spider-Man was right, what really yeah. got me into reading comics regularly. And so I've always got a soft place in my heart for Spidey. And the fact that all of these other Spider-Men are coming back. That's so
1: exciting to oh, me. Yeah. I'm grinning right now thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, I can't even... I, Hearing like Tobey Maguire is being a diva on set, like all these like behind the scenes <laughs> things, I'm like, yes, he
0: should be. Well, and what's is funny perfect. is like top... Alfred Molina come yes, back. Yes, that's baby. the one I'm most excited for. Yes, Alfred Molina is probably one of the greatest comic book villains that they've had in a long time. Amen, amen. That, and I'm still convinced
2: that even though it's it's crazy campy and you know definitely different than the movies we have now, Spider Man Two. Spider-Man 2 is yeah. <laughs> probably one of the best superhero movies ever made. Like I prefer Spider-Man 2 over Dark Knight. And I'm a DC, like I read more DC comics, but like I still prefer think, it. I, I there's something about
1: Ramy himself that possesses that that quality of earnest uh, just trying very hard. I don't know what how to how to exactly word this, but he possesses the same qualities of Pete. Yes. I think. Yeah, and he's he's a hard worker, and he's very truly cares about what he's doing and trying to do his best, and that comes across. I think in in the direction of the movies, and in, when he mm-hmm. talks about the movies, he apologized so many times for Spider Man Three. He's he's. I just he's the perfect
2: guy to do that movie. Yeah, yeah, and I'm. So excited he's doing Dr. Strange. Uh,
1: Dr. Yes. Strange. He's the perfect guy to do that I was, too.
2: I was really, really upset when Derrickson um, was no yes. longer doing it. But, you know, I am glad that that Raimi is getting on there and he's going to be the one doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically because you we, know, you? we tend to forget since he's the spider. Nope. Can you guys hear me? No, we can't. You cut out. Yeah. Oh, my Just gosh. Second, Sorry. Well, well, what I would say is like we, we, we tend to forget, at least, you know, the, kind of the, the whole millennial generation got to know Sam Raimi through Spider-Man and right. we always forget that no no he no, did no. Evil Dead
0: oh yeah yeah my favorite <laughs> was movie ever say... is
2: Evil Dead 2 and In Army Darkness. of Darkness
1: like together so uh, yeah I'm a kind of a Raimi head
0: <laughs> so
1: it is funny when people are like the Spider-Man guy and I'm like well he's the Evil Dead guy but okay yeah, he did I uh, think I, the
0: Great and Powerful right I, <laughs> oh he did uh, I think I most quote Army of Darkness and probably Ghostbusters as the two movies that I quote the most.
2: You think so? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You guys, I'm going to say this. I'm going to out myself on this podcast. And I want okay. you to know I have never seen Army of Darkness.
0: <laughs> and so oh no. I am I have,
2: going to watch it. I have to go. i to <laughs> hang up now. Uh, this never happened. I've seen the original Evil Dead so many times, right but I have yeah. never I never watched uh, Army of Darkness. and I honestly, i have I seen Evil Dead 2? I think I've seen Evil Dead too, because it's just basically I you think a, you've seen, seen evil, evil Dead 2. Well, because this is bad. well, because it's bad it's, news. it's evil. it's just it's the original, but funnier yeah. yes, that's that's the truth yeah. okay, yeah. then yeah, i've I've seen I've seen it. I just haven't seen um, I remember yeah. specifically because those are those movies that you'd go to Blockbuster and you would look at the cover and you'd be like, those movies look cool, like that. Yep. Like he has a chainsaw arm, and I don't know why I never yeah. rented it. So I'm going to watch you, it now after Lent. You, you made you denied yourself a, a favorite movie. Yeah. I Dang think. It. Dang it. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's a classic. Well, I'm sure you've gone this long. Everyone telling you "Army of Darkness" is the best. You should watch it. Like someone who's <laughs> never seen Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you get to being an adult without having seen Star Wars, I bet you'd never want to watch it because the Star Wars fans are like, "You've
0: never seen Star Wars? Yeah, well, <laughs> come on."
1: So I get it, yeah. I do get it, mm-hmm. but let me be the
2: one that says it nicely. Please watch Army of yes. Darkness. I will, I will watch it, and I will, I'll watch it if for no other reason than I don't want to miss out on 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 the cultural phenomenon, and I want to be able to watch Ash versus the Evil Dead and understand that the show right. is so fun yeah. too. Yeah, yes. you
1: need to watch those and come back on, and we'll talk about it. Deal. We 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 want to talk about uh, some Star Wars. And with all these new television shows and, and now movies coming out right. in the Star Wars universe, we thought it might be fun to uh, to do a little Star Wars talk and and maybe come up with some sort of what what would be our fantasy uh, Star Wars TV show? Like wh- wh- what right. would we if they came to us right now? If if you if there was a knock on your door, Chris, and, and you answered the door and okay. you, uh, you, you it wasn't pizza or anything like that, it was it was <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy, and she said. Here are the, the keys to the Star Wars machine.
0: Would that be before
1: uh, or after I punched her in the face? You would not punch <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. She's fine. She's offering you this great position. And she says, you can do a Star Wars TV show. You have unlimited money. And you can do whatever you want. What do you want to do?
0: Okay, so I'd wait until the contract's signed. Then I'll punch yes. her in the face. Don't do that. That's not nice. I as
2: Yeah, I yeah and you have to check. Because some of these contracts... <laughs> yes. Have, I know. have the morality clause in them. Right. You guys. And, and so make sure you review the contract, and yes. if there's no morality clause, go right ahead.
0: I have some good lawyers, so.
2: <laughs> so anyway, <Okay. laughs> who would like to start? <laughs> Awkward pause.
0: <laughs> Chris, would you like to start? Okay, I did two, so I'm going to do one, and then I'll come back. We'll circle back. All right. All right, one which, you know, I kind of... Th- I had a hard time deciding because i I like I told you when we were over at work, I have like several ideas and these things, you know we're always coming up with stuff, sure. My first one that I came up with, simply tag and bink oh. <laughs> of course, I think we've even said that on this before yes. Yes. No, I, wrote, perfect, I like, wrote it as the description as this. Didn't that, we
1: even say, like, it should be Taika Waititi and it should yes, just be, like, a fun... Absolutely. Oh, go ahead. Don't oh let me step on your God. thing. I'm sorry. It's
0: okay. No. I mean, Taika Waititi should be the, the one that's the creative director in this. All right. Misadventures of Tag and Bink, fumbling their way through the galaxy in the events of Star Wars Universe. They're the troopers that broke C-3PO in Empire. <laughs> They're the biker scouts in The Mandalorian... And the oops troopers in the sequel trilogy. <laughs> Hijinx through the timeline we know so much about, but seen through the eyes of the two of the biggest screw-ups in the galaxy.
1: It's beautiful. I love that. It's beautiful. See, I didn't write any descriptions like this. I, I was didn't, just I fumble didn't, through.
0: I didn't either, DK, don't worry.
1: <laughs> trying to explain.
0: So John Favreau, if you want my number, you can find me on social media. Hey. <laughs>
2: smash that subscribe button Fav. yeah right. <laughs> come on fav we
1: know you're listening Favro. bro yes.
2: oh my god
1: Fav bro i would love that that would be so fun just just a fun light star wars romp uh-huh. with some comedy
0: and a little bit of heart yes oh yeah well and like i said it could be one of those things that it wouldn't even necessarily have to have complete you know year-to-year continuity just put them through everything behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. In the whole entire Star Wars universe that we've seen already.
2: They can be like forest like almost like a forest gump type thing. Exactly. Oh man, you just nailed it. And then, yeah. you know, it yep. um it reminds me of oh gosh, I can't remember I think they did they did a funny thing on Doctor Who where they had for the fiftieth anniversary, they had all of the old doctors. Like that were actually hidden in the old scenes and they had a fake movie about them and I thought it was just so good. But the thing that I love so much about this is I feel like Marvel is doing almost a darker version of this with the what if that's coming out I think if I read about that correctly. And so that's that's kind of the big deal with, with Star Wars is so much of it is tone. And so many times I feel like people miss that Star Wars is supposed to be fun, supposed right. to be kind of for kids. And so, dude, I would watch Tag and Bink.
0: Okay, but my, sure. my ideal casting for this Go on. would be uh, Brendan Hunt and Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Sudeikis
1: already did punch Grogu, so... I know. You know, it's perfect. <laughs> now, have you... Ha- would be perfect. <laughs> have yeah. you yeah.
0: ever seen Ted Lasso? Yeah, would he have his mustache in Tag and Bink? Is the, is, yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> he would have to have it under the helmet.
2: Perfect. Oh, that my gosh. That would be gosh. fun. I love that so yep, much. That would I'm, be fun. I'm down, I'm down for it.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I guess I'll go with my one of my first ones. I okay. have I have just a bunch of random ones. Right. But... Um, I think this one, uh, there may be some overlap here, but I would quite like to see a Darth Vader show where he is hunting down and eliminating Ooh. remaining Jedi.
0: Like after okay. Order 66.
1: After Order 66, he's freshly been made Darth Vader. Um, he's got to deal with the Emperor, breathing down his neck about getting things done. He's still maybe conflicted a little bit too. Uh, you know, uh, he's still not fully. You know, the Dark Lord, as we know him. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he's got to do things and make decisions. But, you know, like ultimately he'll make all the wrong decisions. But um, it, it would be like, uh, and I'm thinking like pretty dark on well, the tone here. too.
0: I mean, it'll be it's, you know, not focused on Darth Vader. But do you think the Obi-Wan series will kind of be that?
1: I think maybe they'll touch on this, but I'm talking like I want Vader in most of the shots. Right. I want it to be him stalking around on Star Destroyers, giving people commands, choking people, using the force in horrible ways, um, terrorizing locals on different worlds, uh-huh. uh, doing duels with Jedi Masters, Dude. Um, outwitting, outwitting uh, you know, uh, People, you know, a Jedi who is maybe trying to cloak himself on some foreign world. Uh Uh, There's all kinds of things he could do. and, And maybe you'd get to see him use all of his skills that you don't normally see Vader doing. Maybe some piloting, maybe some, even even somehow, uh, not not a race, but maybe some kind of a, a vehicle chase, yes. but with Vader, like, on a swoop or something. Um, Bringing back those Boon to Eve skills. Well, right. That's exactly <laughs> what I mean. And maybe they wouldn't realize that they're dealing with, like, the master. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, he, he's, he would be, I mean, I, I guess you'd call him an antihero. It, it, we'd have to paint him in some positive way. I don't know how you would make him likable, to be honest, but... Um, there's there'd be some emotional core to the show I, I don't know what it would be but um maybe his conflicted inner self something but um i think just his adventures going off and maybe a whole season of him tracking down one particular jedi master who has escaped like maybe we would see him hunt down a a surviving uh, mace windu and Maybe they have a duel or something. That would be very Dude, cool. So right.
2: that's my first concept. I love it. Have you read that's any good. of the uh, Darth Vader comic, either the first oh, one yeah. that came out and then the new one that pa- uh, I think Pac is writing the new one, but Kieran Gillen. Wrote um, yes, it's. So I read the. Good. I, I'm not. I'm not current with it. Uh-huh. I know it's still going, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So so the, the way the way Marvel did this really strange and brilliant thing where they had one run of Star Wars and Darth Vader that took place between a yeah. New Hope and Empire, and I now, read those. Yeah, I read all those, and right. then the ones that I'm trying to catch up on now that have just been so good, it's almost a crime. Are the new series that take place after Empire. I need to read that. Yeah, it's because you have a conflicted Vader who's just like, okay, this dude's my son. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> Luke Skywalker is, I'm sorry, Luke Skywalker's my son. How do I deal with that? And it's it's just really good writing and it really shows how much a show like that um, could add to the character. Plus, yep. we've already seen kind of the, 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 the badass Darth Vader in Rogue One. Who's, yes. Uh-huh. You know, fighting in the hallway. Just having Maybe that. Oh my gosh! Having that on a weekly basis potentially—that would yeah. be so cool. Yeah. Oh man. Well, maybe we don't have overlap, and I like <gasps> that because that means that <laughs> means we all know way too much about Star Wars, and we have so good <laughs> ideas. So I I have a total of three ideas. Okay. Um, one of them is kind of a joke idea. Another one is one that I'm kind of okay with, but the one that I'm going to share right now is one. That it's it's not quite fully formed, and you'll understand why when I tell you the title. Um the title of the show is The Old Republic. Oh, okay. And so you have, you know, the High Republic that they're covering right now, and that's basically the time leading up to the Galactic Civil War and and all that. But you know, the old republic is what was, you know, started of twenty five thousand BBY. So right. this is the very, very first stuff. But what I'm really wanting to see play out on screen is the, the actual like fissure in the original Jedi Order where you had half the Jedi that were practicing the light side and then half of the Jedi started to realize, wait, it might be better for everyone. The dark side can make us more powerful and therefore, you know, able to help more people. Maybe this is what we want to be doing. I want to hear that. I want to That's see great. I want to see that story because you have the potential for just so much human conflict like if you have right. if it centers around two Jedi that are really good friends or something oh, like that. Oh, twin brothers. Yeah, twin <laughs> brothers, one of them one of them ends up being on the dark side and what? And just like <laughs> Because prequels are like all the rage right now. If you guys watch like Star Trek Discovery where it's like, no, this is before and and before that. But (laughs) like, you know, that period of time, the hundred year darkness where there was the fissure in the Jedi Order, you know, during that time you had all kinds of crazy stuff happening on Coruscant. You had the uh, construction of a Sith temple. That uh, that took place, and they talk about that a little bit in some of the High Republic books, and then the sure. Jedi Temple built on top of it, kind of like a Mexico City sort of thing. But right. what I love about it is you have the potential for large scale war too, right. and almost a multi generational, almost Vikings type, uh, like the show Vikings type storyline. Right. And then you know later on, whenever you have all these wars, you know i I pulled this off of Wikipedia because as much as I want to know everything about it, I didn't know everything about this, but I'll just kind of read this portion. So at some point, the Old Republic came into contact with the Mandalorian people. Um, The warrior civilization began a series of unprovoked military campaigns against the Old Republic. So you're getting Mandalorian background information. Oh, yeah. Um, And then in the meantime, Republic and Jedi forces continued to wage war with the expanding Sith Empire. Um, And during the wars, both sides would construct massive super weapons powered by kyber crystals. So it's (laughs) like, it could be epic. And then this is the part that I'm really excited about. Um, so the Galactic Republic also participated in the Sith Wars, a series of conflicts against the Sith Empire and involving the Chiss Ascendancy. So oh, you could now have, you're talking. You have, <laughs> my blue boys. Yeah. So so you could have that kind of as a lead-in. I mean, since Thrawn was well after this, just the introduction of the Chiss Ascendancy. So then whenever the uh, Thrawn shows up, hopefully in the Ahsoka Tano show, um, yes. you kind of had that tie-in. But I have always, always loved the Old Republic, and I want to see it in in canon because there's just so many opportunities. There's almost like Shakespearean level potential for backstabbing absolutely. and absolutely. Well, and some oh, of
0: that was touched on like in the Legends book, that books uh-huh. that aren't considered, you know, canon anymore. Yeah, but I think yeah. John and Dave are kind of bringing that back. So, yeah, I uh, because I, I also. I, I loved Knights
2: of the Old Republic when I played it. And, like, honestly, that's kind of the easy one. It's just, like, just make KOTOR. Like, make that right, into right, something. Right. It's so easy. Um, but uh, It's all there. But, like, yeah. I Everyone remember... Everyone wants Revan. Oh, my gosh, dude. I remember when I watched the trailer for The Old Republic, the MMO, when it came mm-hmm. out. It yeah. was, like... At that time, it was my favorite Star Wars movie was that trailer because it was just so cool because you had that yeah. scene of all of these Jedi in the Jedi temple or somewhere just all running at all of these Sith. All, oh, my gosh. It was just so cool. And I want to see that with the budget that Disney has and the budget they'll allocate to Star Wars. I would love to see that as a show.
1: Yes. Yeah. that's a, That would be such an easy win, I think. Right. Uh, yeah, that's great. I want this as well. Oh, man. I hope someone's listening.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Call us. Chris, yeah. you got another one? Yeah, I do. This is this is kind of the one that I worked on the most. And I'm going to throw a couple names out here because they've been in other Star Wars movies mm-hmm. to see if maybe you uh, got this. Um, it's, this is called Guardian of the Order. Oh. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm listening. You're listening. Okay. Uh, an adventure series about lore... Santeca Anybody okay. remember that name? Yes Is it
1: spelled L-O-R?
0: Yes Yeah, I think I do He's, uh, And, and pla- he was yeah. played by? Max Finsaito Exactly Yeah
1: He says uh, "Do you? What does he say? This will begin right Right He says that But then he also says To me she's royalty <laughs> Oh
0: yeah Yeah Okay uh, the, uh, l- l- series about Lord uh, Santeca, adventurer, holy man from the Church of the Force. And he's doing like exorcisms, like space exorcisms? Keeper and recover, <laughs> Come on. Keeper and recover of lost knowledge of the long gone order of Jedi. Oh.
1: This, you're on to something, Chris. On My one, blood's on fire on, right on now. On
0: one of his first expeditions <laughs> to the planet Jenna. J-E-D-H-A. I know the
1: planet. We know it. Go uh-huh. on.
0: <laughs> After the fall of the Jedi Order and the Galactic Republic, the Galactic Empire occupied the moon to control its kyber crystal and home of the first kyber crystal used in the first lightsaber that was made by uh, Jedali Order on the planet Titan.
1: Yes. Oh. Made
0: by a smith only known as Weapon Master.
1: Weapon Master.
0: There oh. he res there he rescues a young blinded warrior monk <gasps> by the name of Chirut Mwe? Chirut Emwe oh! after, yes! after his entire order was killed by Imperial forces. After a daring rescue of the of the crystal, the two continue their adventures uh, through galaxies far, far away to save the history of the Jedi and be a thorn in the side of the Empire. Oh. You I wish we still had Max von Sydow because I know that yes. show. I see. I, first, I would. I, I would love the going, beginning of every episode to almost be like a storyteller, and then you have a young. Yes, young, young Ma- version of him. Yeah, yeah.
1: Who? Well, yeah. The, you, you, when you first mentioned it, I thought you were going to say it was like a horror show. No, and that he was going to like be doing like. This sort of religious, um, like force Jedi, like exorcisms, and like you know, I bet there's some funkiness that we, that's in the Star Wars universe where like maybe some dark side spirit or something it could could possess someone. Some right. night
2: sisters, kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, right. right. Well, well, I think that's actually part can one. also be played in that. I kind of well, yeah. really had the idea of almost an Indiana Jones type. Holy. Well, when you said holy
1: man, I was like, oh, he's, like, got this – he's sort of on this side of this good uh, – whatever, the part of the religion – I don't know what you'd call it. It's its but, it, um,
0: literally in, in his – and I checked – I started looking some stuff up because I had this idea, but I wanted to get a little background information. On his Wikipedia, uh, Lore is a member of the Church of the Force. Dude –
1: and he could be doing, there could be some horror stuff. Yeah. He could do some action stuff. Some, so like, to, supernatural
0: to, things that he, you know, like yes, I said. that's what I'm talking about. That's, yeah, what, that's what I said, perfect. like an Indiana Jones kind of thing that, you he know. goes to a
1: small village, and there's a possessed person. Yes. And and, not, and, he,
0: <gasps> and his whole thing is getting these lost relics and lost history of the Jedi Order. So this would be, like, after the fall of Jedi, Order he comes across a lightsaber, but he
2: has to use it to defend himself. Oh. See, th- this was actually a question I was going to bring to you all, and, okay. and the question just naturally got answered, it sounds like, which is I, I was trying to but could not think of a really good way to insert just really good horror into the Star Wars universe, but this right. might be the way to do it. I think so. Yeah. Yep. Good There's job. There's so much room for it. There's so much room for it, and it makes so much sense
1: to me. To do it like that, yes, Chris, that's genius. That honestly, thank you. That's it's
2: better than anything I thought of. (laughs) Yeah, me too. That's winning, especially my my remaining two. Although, (laughs) well,
1: and that character, I always wanted to know more about him. I really like the character,
0: even though he's on screen for five minutes, if that. And you know, that's the one beauty about Star Wars that you know, even independent people have written so much about these characters that you see for two seconds on screen. We got to pitch
1: this to somebody. That's too good of an idea. That's too
0: good. Who would who would you?
2: Now this is the fun part. Who would you cast as a young um, Max von As a as a young one though,
0: like if Uh, you have the storyteller and then personally, uh huh. I mean, I know he's a little bit older than I'd probably go for, but Fassbender. Oh, oh my my gosh, God. (laughs) Yes,
2: you, you're gonna you going to burn my microphone because you're spitting straight fire into this I'm podcast. I'm going to explode. That is so good. I'm gyrating and <laughs> vibrating in my <the> seat. Um, <laughs> that's these hits. I'm, reg- I'm regretting that the video is not on now. <laughs> yeah, again. I know, right? That's so. This oh, is so good.
1: This is the cool. Well, you got to tell Sean about this I previous will, guest, Sean. Yes. he needs to
2: know about this. this is oh yeah. my, ooh. oh yeah. I feel the spirit on uh, me. Well, DK, I'll let you follow that with with another Other one of your <laughs> ideas. Thank you.
1: Well, I had one throwaway idea that, like, I, I feel like this is one that I thought maybe everyone would think of. Would be like, it would be fun to see Chewbacca's young days.
2: Oh my! He's gosh. 200
1: years old by the time we see him. So there's a lot of time where you could see like what young Chewie is up to. Like even like teenage Chewie would be cool. To see him, like maybe who his mentor was yeah. and uh, see him, uh, you know, uh, just evolve over the years. That would be fun. But that's not nearly as cool as what you said. So I'm going <laughs> to skip straight to my third idea. I love okay. Which is kind of a cop out. And it's sort of, uh, I think people, if you listen to this show, probably could guess what I would say. But um, I would love some kind of adaptation. And it doesn't have to be this exact character uh-huh. or anything like that. But he's so perfect for this an action, mystery, thriller, sort of detective-style show with some mystical Jedi stuff starring Corin Horn oh. and being, doing the, the story of I, Jedi, where basically you, you start with him. He's on Rogue Squadron. Oh, yes. And then he, 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 re, he discovers his lineage, that he's, his grandfather was a Jedi and that he, he could also be a Jedi. So then when his wife is kidnapped... He goes to the uh, the new Jedi Temple to train with Luke Skywalker. Oh, that's so good! Cool. To acquire the skills that he needs to then locate his wife and uh, you know bust her out of her uh, where she's being held. It's got uh, mystery. It's got some horror elements to it. He he fights a Dark Jedi who's been dead for thousands of years. Um, he he does all these crazy things, but it's got like cool action. Some great um moments where you can have some really funny stuff and some really dark stuff but he's such a cool character because he is he's like half fbi agent half mystical warrior oh
2: i love that it's almost like Um, a dresden files but within the star wars universe
1: right and he's his whole part of his big conflict is do i honor my my grandfather and and follow his footsteps to become a Jedi, or do I honor my father who is in Karelian security force, Corsic, mm. which is like space FBI, or, yes. um, and, and, or at the end, he, he chooses to, to marry the skills and become this hybrid um, agent-Jedi type situation. Um, and there's all these cool characters you can throw in there, and again, he was on Rogue Squadron, so you'd get some cool X-wing stuff. But just just an adaptation of that, like it could be a limited series, like maybe three or four seasons, and it would be so much fun to watch. I, I if and it's based on a book. This whole thing is, is a book called I Jedi. So right. if you haven't read that book, I uh, I recommend it to everybody. I love but it. It's it's super fun, and I love that book. I love the character Corin Horn. So yeah, that sort of. Um, I like Star Wars when it gives you a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be just Jedi, maybe. I, I also like this other... You know, he's got to go deal with criminals and he's got to go uh, fly a ship for a while and he's got to do... He's got to do other things. He's not just like, you know, f- doing lightsaber duels. In fact, he's he's pretty uh, unprepared for duels and his... He has basically no ability to do um, like physical... He can't move objects with the Force. He can't... He, he has some... Genetic thing where his his lineage is not good at physically moving objects with the force, mm-hmm. but his thing that he can do is channel energy from other sources and redirect it. Oh, that's dope! Yeah, so mm. he can he can like grab a blaster bolt and like you know, force it back onto you or, or form a shield around himself. He can do all these cool things with the force. So anyway, that's my idea. I would love like truly love to see that adapted. It, it, it's a cool show idea that could be so many things in one. So that's, that's my number one. I like I would that. Love to see that. I
2: like that yeah. a lot. Who do you, who would you have play Corrin? Do you think
1: he, he would be perfect for somebody like, um, boy, I don't know. Uh, you, I had so many people i I thought about this for so long, and i just i don't know um maybe somebody like a uh hmm no, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> come okay. back to me on that one. i uh
2: well i'll i kind of have my my last two one of them's kind of quick, and the other one is the dumbest and greatest idea I think I've ever had um, <laughs> okay. the the quick one is just just because. I feel like Disney is doing this thing kind of like you said earlier where they're kind of picking certain things out of the legends and right. yeah. deciding, Run. I give you canon. Um, they're yes. canonizing, <laughs> I guess. You could you right. could argue certain things. And they made such a huge deal out of this when it came out that I want to see a miniseries, not a full series. I want to see a Shadows of the Empire <sighs> miniseries. That would and be and so i was trying to figure out dash rindar yeah, i was trying to figure out who i would cast as dash rindar and chris pratt so so i thought chris pratt chris pratt was one um but then i thought that he didn't have enough of an edge to him and so mm. then i thought chris pine and i no i don't want chris pine because he's already in star trek and then yep. this might be controversial and i'm kind of a stan but i landed on i want tom hardy to play dash oh, rindar That wouldn't be good. no it's perfect and then yeah. And then it's perfect. I can't figure out who I'd want to play uh, Zizor. I saw I kind of looked online to see if anyone else had an idea, and this one stuck out with me. If Guy Pierce, um, yes, he'd be good. Yeah. I
1: think James McAvoy comes oh, to mind. Oh,
2: James McAvoy is such a good villain. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be so good. But like, I I know that it's been done a lot because I I can't remember. I only played the game, but I remember that it came out as a game as a and then I was, read the as book. a comic and then as a book. And I read the book. And there's a soundtrack that I would listen to while reading the book. It's just it's such a solid story, and that was actually my first experience with anything outside of the original trilogy was when that game oh, came cool. out. Oh, wow! And uh, and and then that kind of Shadows of the Empire bridged the gap between Star Wars and then what was then the EU for me. And that right. got me reading, you know, the, uh, the the Timothy Zahn books. By the way, I, I met Timothy so Zahn a couple years ago. <gasps> really? You did yeah, he came, I need to I need to send you guys the video. He came to a lo- Did you thank him for me? Yes. He so he came <laughs> to a local bookstore. I said, This guy who I'm going to meet in the future. And he was like, Oh, well, thank you. Um but so I uh I I showed up to the bookstore and I had with me, it was his tour for I think Thrawn Treason, I think yep. was what it was okay. for. And I, uh, I brought with me my copy of Thrawn Treason for him to sign, and then also my first edition paperback of Heir to the Empire. Oh, my um, God. So he signed that crapped-out dog-eared copy, and then he signed yeah. my new one. But he uh, – so he – knew what they were going to be doing with all of these shows before anyone else. And he wasn't allowed yeah. to talk about it because, you know, they were, we were talking about, well, wh- wh- what else can we see from Thrawn? Do you have any plans for Thrawn for after this? And he wouldn't say anything. He kind of hinted oh. at making the prequels that he was going to make the prequel novels, which he's kind yeah. of, I think he's had what one of them out right now. Second one's coming out later this, this more, year. Yeah. Um But then, oh my gosh, he was like, that we asked him about like that period of time after return of the Jedi and stuff like that. And he was like, well, I, I'm not going to write in that area. Um, I, I just simply because whenever you're working with such large IP, other people have plans. And I, I kind of (laughs) turned to Leslie who was there being the most supportive wife ever filming the speech for me so I could focus on it. And he goes, and I I kind of like turned to Leslie afterwards and I'm like, Thrawn's going to show up they're going to do Thrawn stuff on TV. Oh, my gosh. But at that time... <laughs>
1: he just looks at you and he goes, this
2: is the way. Yeah, and I thought at that time, I thought he was just talking about like doing Thrawn stuff on, like doing, you know, another animated series that focused more right. on Thrawn. But no, I think that he's going to show up as the big bad in uh, in, in Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. Do you, I, okay. I, I have
1: also heard that maybe he might be uh involved in the rogue squadron movie like it it might not be rogue squadron from the original trilogy but like rogue squadron after oh my god and and it may be that they'll be dealing with
0: thrawn that's which would be okay i've got a question for you guys who would you pick to play thrawn Hmm. i mean we know at some point he's coming Everyone says Benedict Cumberbatch, yeah. which fine. Like he's got the right voice,
1: whatever. I, that's fine. I, but yeah. I mean, the guy who plays him in the cartoon
2: is pretty good. Yeah, that, that voice is stellar. And I know we've already mentioned him, but one of the first actors I saw someone fan cast Thrawn as is the only one I can think about now, whenever people ask me this question, and it's Fastbender. Yeah, he'd be um, too. Just, Or
1: even Hillston. I mean, I know we, these are all the popular names. Yeah. But
0: okay, I've got one, and good. I think I've said this before to you, uh, Dustin. Charles Dance.
1: Oh, dude, you know, you know.
0: Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. Oh my God, Chris because, is on fire. Because yeah. Think about it. He's gonna be a little bit older.
2: Oh. Because he's yes. been in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, That's a good and, point. And, oh! Dude, his voice. Just the voice alone. The voice alone the and that voice. stare that he yes. has. Dude, sign me up. Okay.
2: Yeah, you, um, sign me up. I'm going to try and reach Chris levels with, with this <laughs> fact, but I'm not going to. But I just okay. accidentally clicked on an article that makes perfect sense about Dash Rendar. Okay. okay. Zachary Levi.
0: Oh, I can see that. Oh, yeah. He, and he
2: apparently wants to.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Well, even better. So,
2: yeah, he said he wants... He wants to join the Star Wars universe. I was saying I
0: saw that he wanted to join Star Wars, but yeah. I hadn't seen anything that he said particularly. He he
2: had a, he was like he already had a character in mind. The article says that he uh, he responded to a fan on Twitter and just said Dash Rendar, and so <laughs> I respect that. I I still think yes. I like Tom Hardy because Tom Hardy I have I have a he's my celebrity crush um He's got the edge yeah much much to my wife's chagrin my celebrity crush is tom hardy <laughs> but um but i think that that would be that'd be pretty cool but this my other idea which is i think quite possibly the greatest idea in the history of of television is i want to show a reality show called wookie house
0: <laughs> oh, <no>.
2: and <laughs> and wookie house is a whole bunch of wookies um, Teen Wookiees and bikinis. Who get to um, they all share an apartment on Coruscant. So Wookiees out of their element, they're not on Kashyyyk or Kazook if you're a purist. They're oh boy. Uh, they're they're oh. all on Coruscant. And it's a mixture of uh of like Big Brother, real world kind of thing with yeah. a dash of Jersey Shore, because some of these Wookiees like to party. But I most importantly, <laughs> I compare it to breaking Amish. The show about oh, wow. the Amish right. people going on rumspringa. Right. And I <laughs> but but the caveat is I don't want it to be dubbed. I want the whole thing to be oh, yes. in Wookiee. Oh um, I winning. I wanna
0: see drunk Wookiee so bad. Because Just shaking their Wookiee <laughs> hands. Can you
2: imagine like when the Wookiees get drunk and fight and start ripping people's <laughs> arms out of their sockets? So I They're want cheating in yeah. games. I want Wookiee House. That's my last that's my last one. Wookiee House. Wookiee House.
0: I, I it's green lit. That's, Let's do this. Yeah. Yes. That's hilarious. Now we wow. now we did well, have a show that uh one of our uh regular fans, listeners, uh came up with. Oh right. Ooh. Justin. Yes. He wants to see did, uh, uh, Jabba, Rise of the Hut. Oh, a yes. uh, uh, so clan it's... crime syndicate show, kind of like in the in the uh, the vein of Scarface. That would be so would be fun. fun, and man. he's doing like he's doing like Hut Coke, <laughs> like J- Jabba blinders, sucking sucking <laughs> suckin toads like it's li- like it's nobody's business. Sucking
1: toads, Chris. <laughs> no, <laughs> sucking toads.
0: You
2: suck. Oh. Visa no <laughs> oh. Oh, oh. oh my gosh,
0: <laughs> that that oh. yeah
2: that that's amazing. That's amazing, and I I support that as well. Justin, good job, yeah. Dude. yeah.
1: Thanks, Justin.
2: And we're we're just about out of time here, guys. Uh, I
1: is there anything else we have to say about this quickly? This uh, this topic, or are we good? Other ah. than
0: John needs to call me about my ideas. John well, yes, John Farrell. Yeah.
2: I got some ideas. I do have some ideas. This is my agent okay. my agent Christopher Walken is going to
0: you gotta green light this guy's project yes. this guy. You you, you don't need cowbells, but you need some shows. <laughs> oh. It was oh my like gosh. kinda wrong, but it's kinda right. <laughs> I, I know.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm I'm Dylan, <laughs> can you would you would you shut up for a second and let me tell you let me tell you how much of a Absolute delight. This has been yes. oh. this for me and Chris.
2: This has been this so is, fun.
1: We've been talking about having you on for so long. I'm so glad you you were able to make time and, and come on and put up with our delays and nonsense. Oh,
2: it's it's been an absolute pleasure. Whenever I listen to the show, I always imagine how much fun it would be to talk with you all about this stuff. And just having the opportunity to be on this show has uh, has really shown me that that. I was absolutely right and wanted to be on this show because you guys are so
0: fun to talk to. <laughs> yeah! um, well, it is an open invitation. Anytime you want to be on. Anytime. Yeah. Oh,
2: thank you guys so much. And I, um, I cannot wait to continue experiencing being a nerd when being a nerd is socially acceptable and then coming on and talking to you all about it. <laughs> this is awesome. Amen. Amen.
0: From your well, we hope to your God's we hope ears. your Lent goes yeah. great.
1: <laughs> uh, Chris, do you want to talk about the socials? What are we? We're on Twitter. It's at Geek Sinks.
0: Yeah, we're. Um, uh, let's see. Twitter is at Geek Sinks. Uh, Facebook is Nerds Geeks in the Kitchen Sink, and we're also we've got a uh, Nerds Geeks in the Kitchen Sinks group. Uh, you guys Facebook. can post stuff on Facebook and interact. We do a lot of interaction on there. Um, sure. Our email, at, good little group, in yeah. There. Uh, if you want to email us anything, nerds, geeks, sinks, at gmail.com. Please, please listen to the Nightgate Journal. Absolutely. Oh, thank you, guys. Um subscribe
1: to that and look forward to Dylan's uh, next what is it called? The Millennium Falcon Millennium Falconers Book, Book Club, is Club is
2: premiering uh, wherever you download find podcasts on May the fourth. And um, you can follow us on Instagram at Millennium Falconers B C. And I have tried every day to post a Star Wars meme, and I think I'm going to be able to keep it up. And uh,
1: I've tried every day to like <laughs> every single one. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, man. You're helping our algorithm. <laughs> well, thanks again. Thanks so much for coming on, and uh, I, I hope we can get you back soon. I would love to
0: be here again. Awesome. Definitely. Thanks for being Anytime. With us. Anytime, thanks, You're Don. Welcome.